And welcome in to another edition of Bleeding Green, Beers, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. Thank you so much once again for tuning in and spending, oh, the next hour and a half or so, or maybe a little bit more than that with me. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you very much for your support and supporting me in this endeavor. And uh, I tell you what, it is it is starting to wear, I think, on all of us a little bit this season, this uh uh, the last time the Bearcats lost three regular season games was 2005. The Bearcats made the playoffs. The time before that was 03, and that's the last time the Bearcats missed the playoffs. And if you think about it, right, some of these guys on the team weren't even born in 2003. That will make you feel not so young. <laughs> anyway, um, so let me tell you a little bit about this episode. Because it is, it is going to be a little bit different lengthwise. It's, it's going to be fine. Um, I, for the first time, I think in the podcast history, I do not have uh, someone from the opponent. It just didn't work out. Had something set up, got canceled last minute. Didn't allow me to to uh, reschedule anything. And I didn't want to bump this thing back a day to Friday. I probably could have done that. Um, I'll just be honest. It's kind of been a hellish week. For me, the last week, not that it's been horrible. It's just been really, really busy. And, uh, and, you know, I, I mentioned that I'm, you know, taking on all of these different things and, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want the podcast to suffer. I don't believe hopefully that this episode is going to lack quality. Um, there's still lots of great stuff. John Dykstra from the Maryville forum is going to join me, uh, this week's player interview, Jaden Brady, somebody that I admire a lot for his strength and kind of what and and how it showed his character and what he struggled with with that injury. Let me talk a little bit about that. I don't know that I've really talked about it, and I don't talk about it with him in the interview. We talk a little bit about that. But um, when that injury happened in the uh, in the fall scrimmage, it didn't look good, right? He comes out, he's on crutches, legs in the big leg brace, very similar to what we saw um, Mikey on the sidelines in Emporia. But the thing was, and the thing I always kind of watch for, and, and this is why uh, I'm going to tell you that it, it wasn't a great instance in this case, but the thing I always watch for is body language. How is that player carrying themselves? And Jaden, you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell that his season was over. Um, now, teammates were coming up and comforting and things, so that didn't look great, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't really seem down. He didn't seem devastated. Um that I think, not I think, I mean, that just speaks to his character. And that was, that impressed me as much as anything. And uh, anyway, so we got a great chat with him and local guy. You know, I always, I got a little special, special love for the uh, local guys that, uh, that come good and, and, and stay around home, play and play at Northwest. So um, also my audio, I, I was down on the field after, uh, the loss down in Warrensburg on Saturday. The wind was horrible, and uh, my microphone picked up all the wind. And basically, uh, there I can go back and listen to it. It was not worthy of having on the podcast, as well as I had audio from the coaches' show, which, if you have not heard, Pizza Ranch in Maryville is closed permanently, and so they've moved that. They had it somewhere else last week. I don't remember off the top of my head. And, and they had it at the Palms this week. Just a lot of background noise. And I thought I was going to be able to use some of it until I really sat down and tried to tried to piece some of it together. So I'll give you kind of the 
I'll kind of summarize some of that and uh, as I kind of break down the game and, and talk about that. So, you know me, I'm always upfront, honest. Uh, I try to be as transparent as possible, maybe sometimes too much. I don't know. I don't think that I don't think that that's a thing. So anyway, I am who I am and I don't apologize for it. Uh, so I'm going to deliver the absolute best episode that I can for you this week and, uh, and no excuses if, if it's not fine, but I think it is, I think this is going to be another good episode for you. Um, it, a big, big matchup this weekend, of course, against UCO it's, it's military appreciation day, which is always fun. They're going to have decals, uh, or patches on their jerseys. Uh, this year, you know, with with the green helmets, I love the green helmets, and and they're not as versatile in that you can't change the decals on the helmets as well because you just can't see them on the green. Um, and I uh, I get that personally. I don't have a problem with it. I, I like the green helmets better. I think they look pretty slick. I don't know if is there going to be the gray jerseys. I haven't heard anything about it as of recording time. Um, Eli and I will talk about it. I kind of assume that because that's you know what we've done in the past. So we'll see. So so maybe so. Probably by the time this comes out, there'll be something tweeted out, I'm sure, um, by by athletics or football or something. So I'm sure you'll uh, you'll see that if uh, if it is out there, I haven't seen it as of this time. So uh, so anyway, that'll that'll be interesting to see as well. Weather wise, man, it's uh, and, you know, we're still a few days out here as I'm recording this. But weather wise, it, it's going to be a great fall day. Uh it's football weather. If we're talking maybe around 60, maybe in the 50s, looks looks like no precipitation or anything in the forecast. Um, it's Maryville. You imagine it'll be windy. <laughs> that just kind of happens. That's kind of what we expect. But uh, yeah, that all of that stuff looks great, and I'm, I'm excited about this matchup. I, one thing I'm interested to see is what does the crowd look like at Bearcat Stadium? And... You know, let's just get into it. I want to talk about, um, you know, this uh, this game this past week against Central. And listen, I am who I am. I'm overwhelmingly positive. Not that that hasn't been challenged a little bit this season, because it just has. Um, let Let's be honest. Um, you know, if if uh, you know your, your confidence as a fan hasn't been at least tested a little bit, um, we know there's lots of noise as uh, Coach Wright and the team calls it, but a lot of negativity and things out there. I don't know. I This week, since that game, I have completely stayed off of social media. It seems like the, um, you know, the the vitriol, I don't know, the really loud negativity has kind of gone down a little bit. I think it maybe as the realization sets in that, uh, you know, once the season is over against Nebraska Kearney, um, you know, that last... Um, that last regular season game on November 11th is, uh, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> that's that's the end of the season. Um, most likely, we'll we'll see what happens. There's, um, but I think, and I know. Listen, the I thought the playoffs were a long shot before this game. Losing losing two games, you needed help. Uh, losing three games, um, you know, you're you're essentially you know, rooting for a whole lot of other teams to lose in front of you. If you look at, um, at, at the other teams in the region, there's not going to be that many of them that have that many losses. So 
whatever. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it, and and I haven't yet because it's such a long time. You know, we we've still got six games left, um, counting this week's game, but it's it just really isn't going to happen. You know, it's 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 it was such a long shot before. I didn't think it was going to happen, even if you even if you went nine and two. You know, you really gonna there. A lot of things would have had to happen. It could have happened. Anyway, so I'm not really going to talk about that. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about that. But maybe that realization has kind of sunk in a little bit. Here's what I hope from the team. And you know what? The team wants to talk about that. That's fine. You know, the, I think you're you're playing for pride. I think the um, the seniors especially. And I talked about this last week, you know, the seniors and after that Hayes game, you know, the seniors have to step up and, and decide, listen, what's our legacy going to be here? Um, you know, or, or, you know, are, are we going to step up and, and turn this thing around and end the season positively to, uh, you know, to springboard into next season, although they're not going to be here. That's, that's what it is. You know, coach Wright spends a lot of time talking to his guys about that. He's come on the podcast and talked about, you know, what what different teams and classes legacies are and you know that's the thing i th- i think one thing and this is kind of how i'm hoping that it goes is it's all house money now you you can you can let it all fly you can let it ride you can be you know you can be aggressive you you uh th- there shouldn't be any fear with anybody um on this football team you can just you can just let it loose and let it fly. And that's what I hope we see because let's be honest, you know, that with, you know, coach Wright talked about this four game stretch that started last week as, as a gauntlet and it doesn't get any easier this week. You know, this is a matchup of two teams that are two and three that neither one thought they would be two and three. Now there's a whole lot more disappointment on the Bearcat side, but even UCO, right? I, I was banging the, banging the drum before the season started. I really thought UCO could, could climb up and, you know, could they vault into that top three above like an Emporia? Probably not, but I had them slated at four, you know? Um, and so that's, that's interesting, but they, they're coming off a big win over Missouri Southern last week. And I'll talk a little bit more about that, um, here coming up as I, uh, as I start to preview this game, but, um, it, this is no gimme. You know, this is, uh, besides AD's coming to town, of course, he's going in the Hall of Fame here in a couple weeks, um, you know, against uh, against Pitt State at homecoming. And so, uh, so there's that. But it, uh, like I said, it's no gimme. This is, this is a challenge. This is a big challenging game. UCO, th- the thing that you can look at, and John Dykstra and I are going to talk about this, and, and he was the really the one that kind of brought it, uh, you know, brought it up as I was looking at this game. Right and say, hey, you know they, UCO wants to run the football. What does our defense do well? Even though they've you know given up yards and other things, they stop the run. That's that's just what they do, and they're continuing to do that this season. Um, the, the only time they haven't done that is when teams throw the ball to set up the run. Who are the two teams that had hundred yard rushers against the Bearcats in Boria and Central Missouri? And they didn't start off you know gashing the defense or anything like that. They on the ground, they hit some big plays, hit some passes, then set up that run. And so, uh, I think UCO is is a better matchup. And uh, and John and I talk about it later. So are 
uh, you know, Western and Pitt. I think Pitt is a really good matchup for the Bearcats. That's that can be a defensive slugfest. I think if you're Northwest, that's probably what you want. Anyway, that's we got to take we, we got to focus on this week's game. I know the team will, um, but as fans, you know, we can jump around talk a little bit about that. But that's uh, that's interesting. So let's talk about this game. I, I found an interesting. I didn't find an interesting stat. I looked this up. I took the time to do the research on this, which I don't do a lot of. The Bearcats gave up 568 yards of total offense against Central Missouri on Saturday. Three times since 2011, when Coach Wright took over as defensive coordinator at the beginning of that 2011 season, have the Bearcats given up over 500 yards of total offense. This was only the third time, and this is the second most, and the most in the regular season in that time period. Now, I didn't go further back than that because that's you know, kind of where this consistency goes. You have Saturday's game, 2018 in the playoffs against Ferris State. They had 608 yards of total offense. And Pitt, in 2011, that playoff game on the road, they had 527 yards of total offense. Now, you can look at that a couple of different ways. If you want to, I guess you can, you know, if your sky is falling person, you're going to use that to say, well, look, see how, you know, how things are going for us. I look at that and say, listen, it's happened three times in the last 12 years. That is not a trend. And, you know, that gives me a lot of confidence that ain't going to happen again this season. And uh, not that it couldn't, certainly, you know, this defense is, is pretty banged up at this point. And we really don't know the status of anybody's injuries I'll I'll talk about that kind of who we know is injured. I don't you know we don't really know if they're going to play or not, um, but that is uh, that is something that is a crazy stat. But that's just I think what it is. It's just like wow that it makes it that much more impressive what Central Missouri was able to do against our defense, and you know again you get six sacks. You feel pretty good about that. The defensive line seems to be kind of figuring a rotation out. You know, Keaton Ricky's injury has allowed Clayton Power to come in. He has a sack and a half. He he played uh, played very very well on uh, on Saturday. And Kobe Claiborne a couple of sacks. Jake Fisher a sack and a half. And so, uh, you know that that is definitely a big positive. The offense, hey, you know, we know the disappointment. You had opportunities. Boy, you get that strip sack to open the game, and and it, it had a feel of one of those games where, you know, we've seen this in the past where Northwest comes up against, you know, a central, even go back to 15 and 16 against Emporia, teams that are really, really good that have, you know, arguably the top offense in the country, and the Bearcats shut them down. And that, uh, unfortunately, isn't – isn't what happened but I think the biggest positive was the fight in this team this team didn't just roll over which that would be pretty worrisome if that were to happen uh, I I don't see that in this team honestly which is you know one of the reasons I have um, you know the optimism that I do is you know you just didn't execute on offense in the first half had opportunities and you know it was just a key you know that that Turnover early, um, you know, right after we get the strip sack, the fumble, whether was there a whistle? I don't know. We'll talk about that with, with John later on. But it, uh, 
But the way the team came out and fought, I mean, it seemed like one of the, you know, you, you score 21 unanswered, you know, you score a touchdown, get a turnover, and you think, hey, is can this thing happen? You know, and we tied it 24, tied it at 31. And even when Central, even after the, the late interception, Central goes to kick the field goal, the kicks have been low all day. The... uh they they are not great at field goal kicking in the MIAA. Well, they went two for two, and you know a field goal ends up being the difference on Saturday. So it uh, th- there's a lot of I don't know questionable calls and things like that. Listen, I I'm not going to be. I doubt you'll ever hear me get on here and, and talk about officiating as the reason for a loss of any team that I'm a fan of or not a fan of. And that is not the case, but the officiating was terrible on Saturday. Um, and and not just because some key calls went against Northwest or some key things didn't get called on Central. Just overall, it was I felt it was very poor. And, yeah, it is what it is, I suppose. But, uh, again, not an excuse. You, you know, the, the, the team needed to play better to win the football game. Unfortunately, didn't they fought hard? They didn't give up. Mikey came out. Dude's a warrior. And, uh, you know, to see him up close and how wrapped up the knee was with, you know, underneath the brace and over the top of the brace. I mean, it was, uh, um, he even talked about it after the game, how he was surprised he was able to move so well. And so, but the injuries, I I said, I was going to talk about that. And I, uh, and I am, um, Hopefully the offense has turned a corner, by the way. But, okay, injuries-wise, you you lose Khalil Smith after the game. Uh, Coach Wright said torn hamstring. Is that the case? Don't know. We're not going to probably hear anything unless he is indeed out for the rest of the year. Don't know. That's usually not something. You know, who knows if it's a strain or something like that, if it's a partial tear. Yeah, maybe you can come back from that in a few weeks. If it's, you know, if it's something that needs surgery, then... You know that that his season is probably over. I don't know. I, I, I don't ever bring this stuff up unless it's mentioned, right? There's all kinds of everybody's got an opinion. Some people hear things. That's fine. Um, Isaac Volstead, uh, you know, he he talked about it after the game of concussion. So uh, you would probably think he's not playing this week. Um, Charles Gaddy, Shane Fredrickson, I think are the two guys you want out there at safety that that are the most consistent. Um, they both left the game injured, um, you know, and there's a whole bunch of other dudes banged up as well. So uh, it was nice to see Keegan Sturdy back in the slot for the Bearcats. Um, you know, obviously Mikey back, Keaton Ricky, I think it, it, he's probably still still uh, boogered up, but he is, you know, he has been playing. But and there's probably a whole lot more guys that are beat up, banged up than we uh, than we know about. So so that's something to keep an eye on, especially defensively as, you know, I felt like the defense, especially the defensive backfield, you know, you, you are playing without three starters at some points during the game on Saturday. Now, one guy that played really well that, that has been criticized is Austin McKinney transfer, big dude, six, two corner. He was, uh, I thought he had a great game. On Saturday, he he you know deflected a ball away in the end zone. I think he had three or four uh, uh, passes defensed. 
And so uh, that that was really, really good to see. I think that was really, really promising. And, uh, you know, we saw Andrew Bradley, the youngster, out there get some playing time on the field. And so, you know, guys, guys are going to get thrust into positions now and they're going to have to perform. That's just the way that it is. And, you know, every team deals with injuries. That's that's just part of it. But, you know, the Bearcats have a tough stretch of games here. And, you know, we're going to see what this team is made of. Can, can they really put this behind and bounce back? Overall, though, I mean, yes, say what you want. Big plays were given up defensively, but, but for the most part, the team played one of their better games probably on Saturday and almost beat, you know, a team with the best offense in the country, in my opinion. And so I, I think there are some positives. The offense, hopefully in that second half, turned a corner. Um, you know, Jackson Miller, it's cool to see him throw a touchdown pass. I've been kind of waiting for that moment um, ever since he's been in that kind of wildcat uh, wild bearcat, whatever you want to call it, that uh, that we've been running. So, so that is uh, that is interesting. So we'll see what happens. Now, let's talk a little bit about UCO because I want to talk about them and and uh, you know again they they're sitting there at, at two and three. The Stephon Brown made his return this last week. They end up beating Central Missouri. Nicky Aviedo, their All American kicker from last season, his older brother uh, was a heck of a kicker, owned some school records at UCO as well. Uh, as I was looking, I was like, Aviedo, that, that guy's been there way too long. Well, it's because <laughs> his brother also kicked there. But, you know, that is, uh, you know, their defense has been playing better. An interesting, interesting stat, though, UCO has not forced a turnover since week one. So they've went four games in a row forcing zero turnovers. Um, that That is going to be a key. I think if the Bearcats end up with zero turnovers, we win the football game. And uh, so that that is going to be something that I look at as a big key to this football game. Now, their offense definitely poses a threat, although they like to run. Yes, we know that. But look at, you know, kind of look at what happened last year down in Edmond. Trevor Wolfork is, uh, is somebody that's on my D2 fantasy team. I have uh, submitted my lineup. He is not on my team because why would I ever start a running back? against the Northwest defense. That doesn't seem very smart. I have some other better options, but but he's having himself a heck of a season. Second in the MIAA to only Jay Harris, who had 100 yards, by the way, again. I haven't even talked about him yet with his fifth straight 100-yard rushing performance of the week last week. Stephon Brown injured in week four, came back this last week. His completion percentage, and Coach Wright talked about it at the media luncheon this week, is up around close to 70%, which is a massive improvement from where he was last year. He's a big physical guy. He's like 6'5", 240 something, I think. And, uh, you know, he, he's somebody, he, he, uh, you know, if you don't contain him in the pocket and allow him to run, he can definitely cause some problems. You know, I, I think for UCO, the key for them is to keep this a low scoring game. And, um, you know, which is kind of what I thought was maybe a key for Northwest last week. Usually the lower scoring game uh, bodes well. I, I don't know how much success this UCO team is going to have against Northwest. Now, I think this is a close game. Um, you know, it, it can the Bearcats come out and have a great performance and, and win by two or three scores? It's certainly possible. We just haven't seen it. You know, we just haven't seen really the, the team put together a complete performance outside of Lincoln, which I think you almost, it's not that you can't consider that game. Guys played well, gained confidence. That's great. But, um, 
you know, in, in all the other games that the team has been, you know, kind of hot and cold and not put a complete game together. I think that would be something that would be really, really great to see. And, uh, but ultimately this team's just got to fight scratch and claw and just score one more point than the Broncos. Ultimately, that's what needs to happen on uh, on Saturday. I am hopeful of that, but I will, of course, save my prediction till the end. And the Bearcats, according to Eli. But uh, big matchup. A lot more to talk about with it. We'll, we'll start with this week's player interview next. Bearcat junior running back Jaden Brady. He will be uh, uh, joining me here. And John Dykstra on after him. And, of course, the Bearcats, according to Eli. All that still to come here on Bleeding Green. Hey, Bearcat fans, this is Mel Churchman, former Bearcat coach. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. And welcome back here on Bleeding Green. It's time for this week's player interview. Joined by junior number four from number 26 last year. Number four this year, of course, had that uh, uh, devastating and disappointing injury in uh, fall camp. He's one of the captains and one of the leaders of this this uh, team, Jaden Brady and Jaden Man, thanks so much for taking a little time and uh, and joining me here on Bleeding Green. No problem. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, let's uh, let's we got to talk about the number change first. What was uh, what was behind that from 26 to four? If I'm being honest, it was just just wanted to switch things up. Uh, in high school, I was number 21, and once I got here, 26 was open. So it was just kind of I'll take that. And then I saw number four was open, and it was a single digit, and all the NFL players started going to single digits again. So I was like, yeah, might as well. I'll give it a shot. Nice, nice. Perfect. Well, uh, let's talk about you kind of growing up from, from Savannah. Tell me, kind of tell me about growing up and, you know, when you were younger, what, what kind of sports um, did, did you play? Did you play all of them? Just whatever season it was, is whatever you played? Uh, pretty much. The only thing I really didn't get into was uh, soccer. Played football, baseball, basketball, just pretty much whatever we could just because it was a small town. Savannah's town, about five 6,000 people. So it's a small town. You know everybody. And you pretty much just played anything you could with your friends at that time. Perfect. Well, well, tell me about your family. Any? Tell me about your parents. Any siblings? Uh, yes, uh, my parents, Cody and Casey Stanton, and then I have a little brother, Jackson, who is as smart as they come. Nice. All right. He is. He is a good character. What uh, you know? I know when you got into high school, it, it was football and baseball. Was uh, you were a pretty big baseball fan. At what point did football kind of become the favorite sport? Uh, believe it or not, I never really liked baseball. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, um, I thought you I was, were a baseball guy. Okay. I, I was, and it was just because it was, it was something I was good at, but I was a catcher, and it was just a lot on the knees, a lot on the ankles, and it just became really difficult at the time. I mean, it was fun being with all my buddies from high school. We played growing up since we were like eight, so playing all the way through high school. Didn't get our senior year because of COVID, but – other than that, I mean, the, the times were fun, just not catching. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. What uh, What are some of your favorite memories athletically? I mean, I know as as a senior, you get a big win over Chillicothe for you guys for the district mm-hmm. championship. Any that game or other games that kind of stand out as you look back on your high school days? Uh, definitely that one. That was a big one. Uh, just to bring a district championship back to Savannah, that was definitely one that'll always remain on my heart and just being able to do that with the guys I grew up with. That was something we always 
watched on the hill at Savannah, watching into the stadium, just saying that we wanted to be there someday. So to get there, it was it was a big blessing. And then any other memories, I'd say uh, junior baseball. I know I said I didn't like it, but <laughs> junior year was a good time. Uh, we only ended up losing one game that year. I think we went 29-1, and one, and I think we were the only public school in the Sweet 16 going to state so it was really it was really fun it was a good experience and times that will live with me forever well and of course you know we know you end up coming to northwest with maryville what big rivalry in high school what uh has there been some good uh some good banter and some good trash talk between you (laughs) and some of the guys on the team from maryville oh there definitely was i mean uh Whenever Tyler Houts and Eli Dallas were here, it was definitely definitely a little banter going back and forth. But, I mean, at the end of the day, those guys are my teammates. And you kind of got to put the past behind you. I mean, we're moving on and starting a new journey, starting a new family. So whenever those guys were here, it was really cool to cool to get to know them and then just learn about uh, their, their experiences. Well, tell me about the recruiting process. I mean, before you made the decision to come to Northwest, what, what schools were you looking at? I'm sure Missouri Western was in the mix. What other schools were coming after you hard and were you really considering? Um, Missouri Western was definitely up there. Missouri Western, Emporia State, and uh, UCM a little bit. Not too much interest from really anyone, but a lot of walk-on offers from, from those places in MIAA. And it just – kind of piqued my interest once I got here at Northwest and came on the official visit, just seeing everything that they offered and that they were a winning team. And then I got here, my recruit was actually Robert Rye and he did a really great job just introducing me to the culture and the family aspect that Northwest really had. And I just really wanted to buy into that and be a part of a winning team. So that was kind of the decision there. Well, then you had backed, was it, and I remember in this story, right, you had visits back to back days with, with Northwest first and the Western, and you end up canceling your Western visit. Am, am I saying that right? Uh, you are. I literally canceled it right as soon as I got in the car after the Northwest <laughs> Northwest visit. Awesome. Well, was it always? I mean, obviously, we know running back, and you've been you know you've been on the field the last couple of years contributing. Was was that always it? Was there any thoughts of you might have to move to the defensive side of the ball? Uh, not whenever I got here. No, whenever. They moved me to the offensive side. I think that's kind of where, where we thought I was going to stay at. It was just we just didn't know if it was going to be at a running back or a slot receiver type deal. Well, I mean, you have changed the way that you played, especially any of us that that watched you play last year. I mean, you were kind of a, uh, you know, a scat back, I guess, when you when you were in high school, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you 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 know that we saw a lot of tough runs from you last year in between the tackles talk about that process and how did you have to change your body and and change the way change the way you played to to kind of fit into that role i definitely had to had to gain some gain some weight i came in i think i was around 165 170 pounds and then following that year after being with joe q and uh being around the strength program i think i gained around 15 to 20 pounds so it was definitely a big increase and then also in high school I never really ran between the tackles I was more of a sweep guy and then I'd run some vertical balls from the slot position but it was a big difference coming in here and having to run between the tackles especially with the the change of speed of the game so it was really big for me to get with the older running backs that was Jamar Moya, Al McKellar, Robert Rye and just really learning on how to hone in on those skills to read blocks and just be able to accelerate through those holes whenever they present themselves. 
Well, and your skill set, like you said, you're a guy that catches a lot of balls out of the backfield and can do a lot of different things. Let's go back to 2021. Your first career catch was a touchdown in that comeback, second half comeback win against Pitt State. Kind of walk me through what what are your memories from that game and that play specifically where you scored the touchdown? It was it's just thinking about it now, it's still pretty unreal. Um, we rep that play out at practice, uh, I think probably 20 times during the week. And it was like, we're going to get this look. And as soon as we get this look, you're going to go in. And it was a critical point in the game. Didn't think I was going to get in. I heard my number called and I was like, oh my gosh, this is really going to happen right now. And I remember Mike Hohensey actually looked down at me right before the play and goes, you're going to score your first touchdown. And then play happened. He threw it and then ended up coming true. Awesome. Awesome. Well then a big moment, the spring after that year, going back a year and a half, spring of 2022, with when you uh, you know earned yourself a scholarship. Talk, tell me that's that's a great story about how how that came about and how Coach Wright kind of did it with with your your parents and stuff there. T- tell me tell me that story. Yeah, so leading up to that spring game all week, I remember running back coach Roberto Davis just kept asking people if they had uh, family coming to the spring game. And it was kind of scattered hands, but I always raised my hand. He always asked how many people I had coming. And I turns out he just wanted to know how many chairs and how many people were going to be there for my family to know that I was earning a scholarship. And it was a big, big surprise. We get there and we're doing like a little award show before the spring game for the previous season. And a police officer stands up there near the end of it and goes, uh, we have a black Chevy Malibu illegally parked in a handicapped spot. Whoever that is, can you please come forward? And my dad ended up raising his hand and going forward. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's this guy doing? Like, there's no way you really just did that right now in front of everybody. And, I mean, as as the story goes on, he, he stands up there. The police officer is like, actually, uh, you're not getting towed or anything. We just want to let you know you're sending a scholarship. And then I think just all the emotion kind of rushed over me, rushed over him and my family. And it was just a big special moment. And then just seeing all my teammates there with me as well, it was just, it was, it was good to see. Well, and, and, you know, last year ends up being a big year for you, you know, getting, becoming a bigger part of the offense. You, you found yourself returning kicks. Was that, was that a thing just to do whatever you could to get onto the field? Uh, yeah. And I mean, at the beginning of the year, it was, uh, Kashawn Griffin, KG, he was the one returning kicks, and he actually ended up getting hurt. And so that spot was kind of open on kickoff return. So I went up to Birdo, who's actually our uh, kickoff return coach as well, and I was like, just give me a chance. Like, I did this in high school. I, I feel confident what I'm doing. I feel confident in the game plan. I'd like to do it. And then he let me do it, and I ran with it. And it was it was good from there. It was a good opportunity. I'm glad I could help the team out in that way. Well, and then, of course, going into this this season, you, you're named a captain, voted captain by your teammates. What is that? I mean, it's, it's it's you know, we've seen journeys like this before. You look at a guy like Jackson Barnes, right, who comes mm-hmm. as a walk-on, who, who ends up being a big part of the team and a captain. I mean, it does happen at Northwest, but it's still such a cool story. What what did that mean to you when, when you were named captain? Uh, it was it was unbelievable. It was uh, an honor to think that my teammates look at me in that way, and they – they think that I can be a leader to them and just present them guidance. But then it also just puts a more pressure on me to not get comfortable and not get complacent in what I'm doing and just continue to do the gritty and uh, dirty stuff that people don't want to do, whether that's in the weight room or at practice or during the game, just being a leader by example and then also being able to pull somebody aside and bring them along with you. 
Well, and of course, you know, get that injury in the uh, in the false scrimmage there before the season starts, unfortunately. But one of the things that I've that I've kind of noticed about you, Jaden, and been most impressed by is you you can't tell really from your attitude, the way you carry yourself. You you're not a guy that well this happened, and you know it'd be, I think it would be a very human and easy thing to to really get down and and feel sorry for yourself. And and uh, you know what was it like going through that process, and and how do you you know, how have you been able to step up and still be a leader on this team this year? Uh, I think a big part of it is, especially with like the mindset of just not feeling down because it is very easy to do. And like, I found myself getting there a few times, but I remember whenever I went to the knee surgeon a few days later, he was like, it would only be unfortunate if there was nothing we could do. And I started to think about that. Like there's so many other things that I could do um, even with this injury and things that this is going to teach me that I just don't even know about. It's just a diamond in the rough. And you just got to keep pushing through. So as long as I'm with my teammates and just getting the love from them and I'm loving on them, I mean, everything's going to work out. Everything's going to gonna go the way we want it to. So it's just been nice to have, have them have my back and then me have their backs, just like it would be if I was playing anyway. Good stuff. All right. Well, well, tell us what, what's your major and then what are, once football is done for you, what are, what are your kind of your career plans? Yeah. Uh, my major is exercise science. Um, and I'm hoping to become a strength coach at a university or possibly a high school, either that or do some more like sports specific training, like just work with football athletes in the future. And yeah, I mean, I've interned with Joe Q the last few years and just seeing what he does is incredible and how he can morph people's bodies into, into what they are now from whenever they came in, like an example of me, whenever I came in, he put 15 to 20 pounds on me. And I've never felt better. So it's just, it's cool to see. And it's a cool little formula of what can happen. And I'd like to do that whenever I get older. Awesome. Well, anybody better, <laughs> I think that you can learn from <laughs> yeah. than Joe Q. He's, well, he's a great, great guy. So Jaden, I have one last thing for you. The pick six, just kind of six fun, goofy questions. Are you ready? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right. First question. It's always the same. Are you a superstitious guy? Do you have any, you know, pregame rituals or anything that you, uh, that you have to do before the game? The only thing that I have to do, I'm not a big, like, rock music guy. There's a lot of, like, a lot of our linebackers, especially. They're, they like the ACDC and stuff. I'm not really like that. I'm more of a, a 90s R&B kind of guy or 2000s R&B. Just kind of calm the mood, and that's that's something I got to do before every game. All right, perfect. Second question of the pick six. Do you have a favorite football player growing up? I, I did, and I didn't at the same time. I didn't really start getting into football until I got older, probably middle school, uh, probably the end of middle school. But I'd say if anybody it was probably Devin Hester and just seeing the things that he could do on the football field and the elusiveness and the agility. I just, I love watching him do what he could do. Perfect. All right. Third question of the pick six is a hot dog, a sandwich. Now you're hitting me with the tough ones, Matt. <laughs> I know. We're the, this is the hard hitting stuff that people want to know, you know. I think I got to say yes. I think that's where I'm at too. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think I'm with you to. on it. Like I'm thinking of like a Subway sandwich and stuff like that. I think it's got to be. Okay. I'm, I'm with you there. Fourth question of the pick six. If you could be the best in the world at something and it doesn't involve football, what would it be? I think I'd say listener. I, there's a quote that somebody said that if you're the smartest person in the room, get out of the room. 
And I just like that quote and just being able to listen to people that are smarter than me and just gain knowledge from them. So I think I'd want to be the best listener. That's a pretty spectacular answer. All right. Fifth question of the pick six. How many tries did it take you to pass your driver's test? It took me one, believe it or not. 96. And I'm proud of that. Wow. I was a one, but I was like a 70. (laughs) I failed the, (laughs) like a 72 or something. I barely, but I, I screwed up the, I hit the curb on the, uh, parallel parking on the parallel parking yeah that got me (laughs) that's brutal all right last question is probably the strangest one that uh that i've ever asked so how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant oh oh wow and I have a couple of, of bonus answers. So I had Eli and I both answer this question. Eli said okay. 2,000. I said 500, but I think maybe I'm on the low end. I might I might think somewhere in between there. Maybe maybe 1,000. I might go 1,000. I mean, the elephant's got big feet and just kind of stomp everywhere. But I think 1,000 would get the job done. Perfect. Well, that's how we're going to end it. (laughs) Jaden, man, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on and wish you guys uh, the best of luck the rest of the season. No problem. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. It was a good time. Welcome back in here on Bleeding Green, talking about the Bearcat side of things, some Bearcat football with a sports editor for the Maryville Forum uh, and and podcast regular John Dykstra. John, man, thanks for coming on. And boy, we gotta we gotta pick some times to talk uh, talk about some happier games and uh, and happier moments here. It seems like every time we get together this year, it's it's been kind of a bummer. Yeah, we've uh, we've gotten to to talk through some of this stuff, so. Uh, <laughs> Some more, some more Bearcat therapy, I guess. That's, uh, that's, that's probably what it is. <laughs> that's, that's probably what it is. Well, well, uh, you know, another Bearcat loss, but I think this one, fe- I don't know, this one feels different to me. I, I think there seems to be a lot, a lot more positives. The first half offensively wasn't positive, but, uh, you know, to be, to be able to come back 21 unanswered in the third quarter, get it tied a couple of points in the second half is probably just too big of an ask just you know the margins were real small and you know you make a couple of mistakes there and and uh but overall i mean um i know and and we'll we'll get into all of it you know offense defense all of that stuff but but overall i think this this feels like much more of a positive loss than probably either of the other two losses this season i would agree that this is i think there were Seriously good flashes from every aspect, offense, defense, special teams. I think there were good things that happened. Um, the When you talk about positive losses, the, the thing that kind of sticks with me and makes it not a positive loss is just the, the overall number, and that being the third loss, and that what that means and what that means for potential playoffs potential of any kind of postseason um that's the that's really what what hampers it but as far as the game they played and 
and how they looked. I think it's either I think it's the best the offense has looked surely in that second half. And I think the defense, despite giving up points, I know forty one stands out. I think there were a lot of good things the defense did despite all the injuries. So I think there are positives to take away, even though at the end of the day it's the the third straight loss in the MIAA as far as Lincoln not being an MIAA game. Um, so that's that's uncharted territory. But I think they are they're showing signs that hopefully that streak's not going to continue. Right. Well, and what I meant in positive is that I think they looked better than any other loss. Yeah, yeah you know that. Let's talk about the offense first, because that's what I that's what I want to talk about. Obviously, we knew, you know, it was was kind of up in the air. We find out, you know, kind of be- before you know early Saturday that um, w- when you broke that that Mikey was gonna when you broke it that Mikey was gonna be the starter and and it, you know even talking to him after the game, he I think he moved and and felt a lot better once he get he gets hit a couple of times and thought okay yeah you know I think I can be okay and and it felt like I don't know in the first half you know it was felt like maybe he didn't have that arm strength. Was he able to plant? I, I looked at that. I evaluated that very wrong. Cause man, he made some really impressive deep throws in the second half. And, and, uh, and, you know, he looked good. Good grief. You have Jay Harris. Who's, who's, you know, five for five and hundred yard performances, um, this season, it was, it was kind of fun to see Jackson Miller throw his, throw his first pass out of that wildcat, which, um, you know, we were kind of talking up in the stands. I'm like, he's going to do it at some point. I purposefully haven't had not mentioned it on the podcast, but, um, it's, uh, but you know, that's, that's been kind of fun. And, um, you know, there was definitely some explosiveness. I think that the offense had, had lacked, um, up to this point in the season. And a lot of that is because, you know, Mikey was out, but, um, but overall there's, you know, there sure there's things to pick apart. Three sacks, three interceptions, yes, uh, in the fumble. Um, but I think there's some definitely some positive things offensively looking forward. It's like, okay, maybe, you know, this offense can put up some points going forward. Yeah, and I think if you look at it actually watching the Chiefs Sunday night made me think about about this because uh if you if you watch the Chiefs game, Patrick Mahomes just kind of left a couple of those touch throws. Um, short, and those were the interceptions. It seems like Mikey was kind of having that same thing happen. A couple of those deeper sideline patterns that normally you get out there a little better were were a little short and were picked off. So I'm sure that's that's rough not having played and probably honestly not having thrown a football too much in the last three weeks. So um, you can't play or practice. That's that uh, really takes out. Um, and some of that rust is going to develop. But, yeah, I think there was a lot of good things in the second half from the offense. Jay Harris got going. Um, that was huge. Uh, a couple big runs that first drive of the second half really seemed like it softened up the the UCM defense a little bit. And, uh, and obviously, once you got going in that second half and the offense started putting together drives, the defense really stepped up, too. And then that I mean, I think complimentary football is more important for this team than maybe it's been in a few years because that that defense is still a very good unit, but it can't overcome everything, maybe like it could some previous years. So 
in complimentary football is, is going to be very important moving forward. Right, absolutely. Well, in the defense, you know, you give up 568 yards of uh, of of offense to Central. The, I'm sure you know the defense is going to going to get some criticism. I want to look at some positives though first. Interesting stat, by the way, and I threw this out earlier was was uh, 568 yards given up by the defense is the second most in the Rich Wright era of of Coach Wright being the defensive coordinator. So basically, since the start of the 2011 season. The last time and the only time in that stretch the Bearcats have given him more than 600 yards was 2018 versus Ferris. The only other time, besides Saturday and then, that the Bearcats defense gave up over 500 yards was 2011 versus Pitt. Now, you could look at that as a negative, like, oh my gosh, how terrible is that? I look at that as, my goodness, you know, it's it's happened three times in 12 years. Like, I don't... I'm not too worried, maybe, about that happening again. I know there's a lot of injuries and things like that, so... Anyway, that's how I look at that. But so you mentioned the six sacks. They've kind of found a pretty good rotation on the D line with Clayton Power stepping up with Keaton Rickey's injury. Um, he had a sack and a half. So Jake Fisher, Kobe Claiborne, a couple of sacks. Um, even saw Drake Kinsella and, and, and Cooper Berry getting getting a half a sack. Um, you know, I thought Austin McKinney played really, really well in the secondary. He's a guy at corner, I think, that had had some struggles. He's kind of forced in. With uh, with some of the injuries and things, and he, he'll probably be a guy that you're going to need some big time plays going forward with uh, with Khalil Smith and his status kind of up in the air if if he's going to be able to play uh, play again this season or not. Um, and so you know those are some of the guys that that I look and be like, okay, you know, it seems like the defensive line especially has been playing better and better. And I understand you gave up 41 points. You gave up 568 yards. There's there. Sure. There's, there's criticism to be hurled around, but I also think there's some promise that, that, uh, this isn't something that we're going to see week to week. I think they're going to get it, get things figured out. Uh, you played the two best offenses that you're going to play with Emporia and you, UCM, no other offenses in the MIAA are, do what they do. Pitt does things, but they do it differently. And I think it's easier for Northwest to match up with a team like that. Um, I think that's a that's a silver lining moving forward. And especially going into these next three games, three teams that want to run the ball. And I think the defense can really uh, – kind of make some strides forward and kind of show what they can do against teams like Central Oklahoma, Missouri Western, and Pittsburgh State. I mean, all three good teams this year, but all three kind of play maybe a little bit more in the Northwest hands than teams like UCM and uh, and like uh, Emporia does. So I think that is that's a good thing. And like I said earlier, the the defense really started that game off with a bang. I mean, Kobe Claiborne getting that strip sack, um, that felt like it was going to set the tone for the whole day. When I was sitting there thinking about it, it reminded me of the Caden Davis touchdown return for a touch or yeah, return for a touchdown against uh, UNK a few years ago when that was supposed to be a toss up, like. Northwest could easily lose this game. And then Caden does that, and the whole rest of the day is all Bearcats. Mm-hmm. That, 
honestly, I was sitting there thinking that's going to be that's going to be my story today. The defense came out, they sat the nation's leading passer and forced the turnover, and then never looked back. Well, the rest of that first half didn't didn't finish that way, obviously, and uh, and I think there's still a little bit of uh, anger in the Bearcat locker room over the ensuing fumble where the the sideline certainly believed they heard a whistle. I was on that sideline. I believed I heard a whistle. Um, but but it didn't happen, and, and you kind of have to be able to overcome things that don't go your way. Later in the half, another the defense gets a stop, and you get a unsportsmanlike conduct on the head coach. Um, Rich would argue that he didn't deserve that, but in that situation, you kind of you can't take that risk. Basically, you have the nation's one of the nation's best offenses stopped. You, you can't give them a second chance in that situation. So, I think that first half was really uh, kind of the airs just stacked up and things going against you just stacked up. Then you had the 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 punt situation at the end of the game, or not the end of the game, but in the second half where you punt from inside your or inside their 40, um, which the Twitter backseat coaches would, would tell you never do. Um, but it worked is the thing. They forced the three and out and forced the punt, and they were going to get the ball back in really good field position. And then you get a running into the punter call, which – um, I would say it was some some good acting on that one. Mm, um, I agree with you. Yes, yeah, he was he was very injured for about for about thirty seconds, and then he was very happy and very quick running off the field <laughs> yeah, and celebrating. Yes, so um, yeah. he that was that was good for you selling it. Um, but there were some things that went against the defense. I would say so. I wouldn't be so quick to judge the defense so harshly. Um, and I'm not saying you are, but I'm just saying there there were several things that could have turned that game very differently. Um, so I think even even the defense, even in that, that performance, showed that there was brighter days ahead, I think, for that group. Well, and we officiating is not something I talk about a whole lot. I did not think it was a particularly well officiated game. Um, and of course, you know, as you know, and if you know, you people want to say, well, you know, it's it's because you didn't like eight penalties on the Bearcats and only three on Central. That's partially true, but there was a lot of times defensive linemen were coming off the field with their with their shoulder pads hanging out. Um, and uh, and no calls. Now the joke is right holding. We don't know what that is in the MIAA. I get that, and you're going to have some of that, especially when you have you know an elite defensive line. But that uh, that Hawkins touchdown run that ended up being the last uh, the last touchdown for Central. I think it was Cooper Berry was uh, he was <laughs> completely spun around on that play. That, that he was trying to set the edge on. Now, again, hey, that call did not lose Northwest the game. I, that is one thing that you will, you will probably never hear me say is, well, that call, you know, caused us to lose the game. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, yeah, there, I 100% agree with you, John, <laughs> talking about some calls going against the defense at times. I, I, there's no way I'm arguing with that. 
I I absolutely despise the argument, and you see it all the time in like NFL or or Division One college football. Fans will point out, well, they had so many penalties, and we had so many, so the rest were against us. No, that's not how that works. Don't commit the penalties if you don't want calls. Now, if you point out a specific call and you can look at it and see where it's messed up, then that's an argument. And I think there were a couple of those in that game. No, the rest certainly didn't cost the game. Um, they were pivotal ones, but the a major part of college football is being able to overcome adversity. Any Any football coach will tell you that. So, no, it's definitely not on the rest that that game didn't go the Bearcats' way. Um, there there were unfortunate things that that happened, but, yeah, that's no. At the end of the day, you win or you lose, and they lost that game. So, um, and yeah, Zabrowski played great. Um, it was a great game plan by, by Josh Lamberson and the offensive coordinator. They, they jumped on him. It was, yeah, UCM is a really good team. I also think we have to realize that now. Emporia State, UCM, I think, are both good teams. Um, I think UCM is better than Emporia, but um, I think they're both good teams. So you got to realize that the game that really is hard to swallow is losing to Fort A State. Yes, but I think during this. I think if you were at this point of the season with the injuries Northwest has had and how Emporia and UCM look like potential playoff teams, both probably won't get in, but there's their potential playoff teams. I don't think that's the end of the world. Now, not being able to muster a better effort for a state, I think was, was not a great look, but I think, if you're just looking at the rest of the games and how they went down, blowing out Lincoln, beating a solid, if not, if not great, uh, uh, Missouri Southern team on the road, I think that's fine. Um, the the one that hurts is Hayes. If you're if you're sitting here with two losses, three and two at this point, then playoffs aren't looking great but you can at least have the conversation yeah 100 percent. I, I i said um to somebody as a former player i'm not going to say who but um we were having a conversation this week and and i said you know i said the, the one the one that's that's hard to swallow is that Hayes loss i think you can look at yourself and say okay you know Considering the the poor first half, we played really well against Central Missouri. You know, it took everything they had to uh, to beat Northwest Emporia. Hey, you, you turn the ball over six times. You know, you throw six interceptions. You're not going to win that game. So that's okay. You know, it wasn't that you got overmatched or anything like that. You know, it was mistakes. But the Hayes one, that's the one that's mm, you know, that's I think at the end of the season, that's the one where you'll you know you'll we'll still kind of shake our head at that one. And in Poria, they have the great offense. Um, but when Hoenty was in the game, Northwest was doing whatever they wanted. Sure. Hoenty threw one really bad ball. 
that was intercepted for a pick six. But when he left the game, Northwest was still ahead despite that. It was seven to six. Mm-hmm. And they had moved the ball straight down the field both times. So I, yeah, I think that game goes the other way without injuries. But again, that gets to my, my overarching thing about the officiating. Bad stuff's going to happen in, in football. You can't, Every team's going to deal with injuries. Every team's going to have calls go against them. It's it's. Can you respond to that? Can you find a way? And at the moment, Northwest hasn't been able to find a way to overcome that. And the margins are are too slim when a thing like that can can flip it one way or another. Certainly slimmer than they've been in years past. Well, let's talk about this weekend's matchup. It's a it's a a matchup of two and three teams that I think both teams are probably really disappointed to be two and three, obviously Northwest, but, but UCO is pretty disappointed to be there as well, although they did get a win and, uh, and, and have a walk-off field goal against, uh, against Missouri Southern. Um, You know, and again, you know, you look at, look at the matchups. I mean, I think, you know, you look at a, you look at a UCO there, there's somebody that wants to, to run the football, not that Stefan Brown, since he's back, I think their offense is different with him, but, but, uh, well, you know, he, he ran for, you know, over 50 yards this last week. We know he can move. Wolf Fork's a good running back. He's, you know, one of the, I think almost top, top 10 or so, at least top 20 or so in the country in uh in rushing um number 10 okay he is number 10 all right so i I knew he was right around there because he he is on he's on my fantasy team by the way but to have to start i don't i I did not start arkell smith last week and uh maybe a bad decision but i didn't want to do that against northwest i may not i'm i trust the run defense of the bearcats i don't think wolf is going to get the start (laughs) on my fantasy team no i i would probably have better options than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, but, big yeah. matchup. I mean, but this is a game. I mean, this isn't an automatic win. You know, it's 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 a return of, of AD to Maryville. We know that. So there'll be emotions, probably more so from the fans, I would uh, I would suspect. Um but uh, but it, it's it's an interest it's an interesting matchup and both both teams need this game. Northwest probably worse, but both teams need it pretty bad. Yeah, um, yeah, needing um, pretty bad for. I mean, if you look at U- UCO, the money they put into that program, the hype after a, a good year last year, Navy's first year. Um, yeah, them them finding a way to beat Missouri Southern was was huge last week because if they were staring down a potential one and five start. Um, I don't know. I I mean, it would just lose some excitement around that program for sure, which is already probably been lost. It's not like they were talking about firing AD or anything like that. That's not going to happen. But um, it has been a disappointing start, I think, for them, especially with the talent. You talked about Wolfolk. I mean, he went to the University of Nebraska out of college, or out of high school. Um, then he then he ran for like 300 yards at, at Troy as a freshman, um, another D1 FBS program. So uh, that guy is that guy is very talented. Stephon Brown, we know he's a, a big-time transfer, too. They have a lot of talent up there. And uh, so far this year, they haven't been getting it done. 
So um, they're going to come into into Bearcat Stadium hungry. You know, you know, AD would like to get a win here, um, but the Bearcats will also come in hungry and want to want to prove, especially gaining that momentum in the second half last week. I think that can be something that that really gets them rolling a little bit and gets them some confidence with how Mikey played. Um, they're getting deeper at the skill positions. Keegan's 30s back now. We talked to him this week. Um, and he had a nice 16-yard grab in that game, too, um, making an impact right away. KG had a good game. Um, there's there's a lot of positives from the offense, I think, after that. Um, and if that can continue, like I said before, I think the defense is fully capable of really limiting what UCO can do and their, their run-heavy offense. Um, but time will tell. It should be an interesting interesting game for sure on uh, on Saturday. Well, and, uh, you know, as, as uh, you talked about, one, injuries are going to be key, you know, as we find out kind of who's playing, who's not. I, I'm interested to get your opinion on this because I think – this game could probably work out in one of two ways um, as far as the Bearcats coming out and playing with confidence. It it can kind of free you up, I think. I, I don't know that the team has necessarily given up on the prospect of the playoffs, but I will say it's, you know, it's, it's extremely unlikely. We'll say that I'm, I'm not going to say impossible, but, but, you know, yeah, I think you needed help, but two losses, you're going to need a whole, a whole lot more at three, but um, you, I think there's the p- potential of this team rather than, you know, obviously everybody's down on them. Everything we, we hear about that, um, at least the vocal, the vocal fans, the vocal people are, but I think maybe they allows them to play with a little bit of freedom and maybe not, not no nothing, you know, playoffs, anything else really seemingly hanging over anybody's head. I'm interested to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, Talking about that makes me makes me curious. I was I was pretty proud of how uh, on family weekend the crowd that Northwest had after after that uh, disappointing and it being Lincoln like after the disappointment Hayes. I was I was pretty happy with with the fans showing up. If there are some empty seats, I wonder how that affects people. If that if that kind of dampers the mood a little bit. Um, I'm hoping that's not the case. I think, uh, I think you still have a really good football team here. Um, that's going to win a lot more games this season. Um, I, I know, you know, as players, you need to keep that playoff goal alive. And, and as if parents of players are listening to this, you, you shouldn't tell them that you, you're not going to make it, but, I've, I've kind of moved on from that thought a little bit because um, I think in a lot of other regions of the country, maybe there's still a chance to sneak in as a three-loss team. Um, you play in the toughest region in the country. Three-loss teams don't, don't make it. As a two-loss team, a lot of people said Northwest was lucky to make it in last year. So, And obviously that team was really good with what they did to Washtenaw Baptist. Um so by the end of the year, I think you could be saying, hey, this is a top seven team in the region, but I don't think the math's going to work for that. Um, but 
that being said, I, there's not a game on the schedule the rest of the way that they can't win. They can win all of these mm-hmm. games. Um, will I they agree. be favored in all of them? Probably not. But but you can win every game. So the UCM game was the game I was telling everybody. I think I told you going into last week. It's the game that worries me the most on the rest of the schedule because mm-hmm. at that point with two losses, I was thinking, well, you can. The committee will know Ho and T was out for some of those. Like if you run the table, I think there's a decent shot you get in if that happens. And I was saying it needs to start. The the pivotal one is the first one because I I think UCM is that good. Like you saw that they could have very easily beaten Pittsburgh State, and I think. UCM's a tougher matchup for Northwest defense than Pittsburgh State is, and it's on the road versus at home. So there's not a game left you can't win, and if you if you win out, you put some pressure on them. You can at least have that discussion. Um, I I don't think the math's going to work out no matter what, but you can at least put some pressure on them and make some other teams sweat. Hey, if Northwest gets in this thing, how dangerous are they? Especially riding uh, whatever it would be at that point, uh, a long win streak going mm-hmm. into it. So um, that, so yeah, you keep playing like you can get in because that's all you can do: control your own destiny, type of thing. Even if you, even if you don't, um, the only thing you can control is is if you win each week. So that's that's got to be the goal. Well, and I agree with you on Pitt as well. I think we were talking about that before the a little bit before the central game. Um, is you know the I think the Bearcats would like to be in a defensive battle, and I think that's that you could definitely see the Pitt State game being that. I think the thing, and that was the thing that kind of worried me going into last week is the thing you don't want to do <laughs> is be is be in a shootout like that. Now, looking at specifically this week's game and really, you know, these next few games, the teams that that want to run the football, I think you saw Emporian Central have success, but they didn't start out running the football. They were not successful early on. No. They opened things up by, you know, their passing game. Then they ran the football later. I think I don't think any of these next three opponents. Pitt can maybe do that. They do have that big, big playability, but definitely in the next two weeks and this week. Not that UCO doesn't have big playability, but I think they want to come out and establish the run. And I think that's that's a good thing <laughs> if you're the Bearcats. Like I think that's a, that's a good that that is a positive. I look at this week. That's that's a good matchup thing for Northwest. They're really good at running the football, and I don't expect. Um, AD or that coaching staff to to change what they do. So I think they are going to try to run the ball. They are averaging nearly 200 yards a game rushing. Um, Northwest is giving up 69 yards a game rushing. So one of those two, I wrote about that a little this week. Um, one of AD's an offensive line coach. Rich is a defensive line coach. I think that's doubt. Those matchups and then the opposite, the inverse to Northwest O-line versus UCO's D-line, even though it's a little less of a big name on each side. But I think those are the key matchups. It's it's old school, uh, pretty simple, cliche, win in the trenches type week. But I think that's going to be what determines who wins this game is if Northwest can keep getting sacked, put some pressure on Stephon Brown, put him off his game a little bit, then I think there's a there's a very good chance you win this football game. 
um, and have a happy, uh, happy military appreciation day, I guess. Absolutely. Well, John, as always, buddy, I, I appreciate you coming on and I will, uh, I know we'll be doing it again soon. Sounds good. We'll talk to you later. Hey, this is Tony Miles down here in Waco, Texas, listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniels. Hey, if you're not listening to Bleeding Green, you're not listening to anything. And welcome back in here on Bleeding Green. Time for the Bearcats, according to Eli. Eli, buddy, welcome back. Hey, you didn't say... What's going on? What's going on? Nothing. <laughs> Other than my birthday soon, nothing. Yeah, on Friday of this week. Yeah. So depending on when people are listening to this, maybe I'm sure some people will be listening on your birthday. Wow. You excited? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What do you want for your birthday? Anything? Uh, I don't know. Like something. Something would be good. Any idea? I know you don't really know what you're going to get. Any guesses? Uh, hopefully a new football. That's my guess. I can't. I don't know nothing else to guess. Am I right? No, I'm joking. Don't tell me. If you tell me, then you're not waking. I don't even know what a football is. So. <laughs> what was that noise? I don't know. <laughs> that was interesting. Oh, so 12 years old. Last year of being a preteen. Also, my last year. No, I'm still preteen at 12. That's what I mean, but your 12 will be your last year of being yes. a preteen. Yeah. This is my. I will not have another double digit same number till I'm 22, which is in um, nine years mm-hmm. from now. Nine years and three days. Two days. Well, ten years and three days. Ten years. Because you're 11 now. On Friday, it'll be ten years. 12 plus 10 is 22. Uh, I'm pretty uh, good uh, at uh, math. Uh, <laughs> no, but 12 plus 10 is 20. Oh, oh, I'm thinking 21. My bad, my bad, my bad. You're already getting excited about 21? Unacceptable. All right. Stop the podcast. I need Cut. my beer. I need my beer. <laughs> lock him in the basement. <laughs> we didn't even have a basement, but if we did, I'd lock you in there. Yeah. Okay, we should probably start now. <laughs> Oh, well, the old Bearcats fought hard. If we lost by three to, like, probably the hardest team we'll go against. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I think I think that's the toughest matchup for us defensively, certainly. I and think... our defense played well. They Their their quarterback cannot hold on to that ball. Yeah, they did. he did fumble. He's good, but he times. fumbles all the time. But Too much. What did you think of... Uh, of Walton Stadium. Never been to a game at Central. It was, it was pretty cool. Probably the coolest stadium I've seen yet. I don't know. Other than it was pretty cats. nice. The The press box was very nice. Inside. It was really the, nice. So was the food. Mm-hmm. Had some pizza. 
they they took good care of us. Props to Central. They took care of us with some pretty sweet looking media passes. And um, the best part was um, uh, of the press box was obviously the Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, some Pizza Hut pizza. Yeah, that's Probably fancy for it. us us uh, hillbillies. <laughs> We're not hillbillies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You might be a hillbilly, but not me. I ain't no hillbilly. Okay, okay. <laughs> Cut it out. My, oh, ooh, I've struck a nerve. I found how to embarrass Eli oh, on the stop, podcast. Stop, stop, stop. Let's, <laughs> let's stop. Cut. Redo. Oh, no, buddy. It's rolling. We're going with this. All right, so. Oh, well, what are you going to be doing now? Are you Scholar Bowl season's over with? Don't know. I'll just wait till next year when I can do football. It's, yeah, you excited about that? Yeah, I'm 100% going to do it. You've been Okay, so before we get into these predictions, have you made any decisions on your uh on your favorite player or players? Well, I've I've narrowed it down even more than I have. I have two on each team, and I'll explain how I got how I narrowed it down. Okay, the floor you is yours. To- do you want me to right now, or should I wait till the end? Nope, do it right now. Let's okay, go. but I'll say the the final ones at the end. But how? Okay, so I thought of something that's more fair. I shouldn't have the t- same favorite player two times in a row, which cuts out Mikey. Sorry, Mikey. Because he's my favorite last year, and he did really good for being injured. And then I decided, well, Harris. Jay Harris, it's not even close to his senior year. He's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So we still have a, four, a few more years. So mm-hmm. that brings it down to Trayvon Alexander and KG. Mm-hmm. And then on defense, I already had Jay Johnny. Is that his name? Oh, uh, yeah, Jay Johnny. Jay Johnny. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. And uh, Isaac Bolstead. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, are you ever going to narrow it down? Or are you just going to roll with those four guys? Oh, it's going to be narrowed down to my favorite on both. But okay. we got to wait till the end. <sighs> oh, okay. So you are going to reveal that at the end. Yep. So they okay. can watch till the end. But if they're a coward, they're going to they're gonna go to the very end, aren't they? If they're a coward and they can't handle listening to my <laughs> I awesome thought, voice. I thought you were calling the players a coward for no. a second. I was like, Those Wait a minute, players are that. such cowards. They're risking, they're risking being injured very badly for people's entertainment and for their own fun. What bad, lazy people! Okay, no, I got you. I just kind of, I was like, "Wait a minute, what did you say?" Well, Trayvon was a wild card. He was. He, he was on your picks because he didn't get brought up last week. He was somebody that <clears throat> your old man here thought you should have on your list. And uh and after uh Yeah, no, I see yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> no. No, uh and when we listen to the interview from last week's podcast, which we do not typically do. I don't, I don't ever go back and listen. But I, I listen to. But you did, and uh and that that's a good thing. The things I don't mind listening to are though those player interviews are pretty good. So we listened to to a couple of those on the game on the way to the game last week. So and Trayvon had a good one on last oh, week's podcast. Really so good. he he put himself firmly in contention. So 
So, uh, all right. Well, are you ready for? Uh, you got some bragging rights on this week's pick 'em. Oh yes. That, oh, I feel that good. Mo West pick, which I questioned you um, about. Now, I did say it would be a very Emporia thing to do. I believe was my quote for them to lose to Mo West. And Mo West is now they got themselves ranked in this week's rankings. But we'll get to that. Well, let's just start with that one. Missouri Western beating Emporia 34-31. They had a lead. Oh, the yeah. same thing happened against UNO. They get a big lead, ends up being a, a game down Kiss to the wire. My butt. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, but uh, never mind. I think it was going to be a close game, and it was. See, but, uh, look, look at you. Oh, you're questioning my picks, and now you're getting them wrong. What are you? Are you just becoming me? You're completely becoming me. I, I thought know. I'm supposed to be you, not you be me. Well, you always say how awesome you are. So if I'm becoming you, that means uh, that I'm no, just so awesome. No, you're not awesome. I like, <laughs> since you are like the boring version of me that's old, I'm the cool version. Okay. You're the boring old version. Is that supposed to hurt my feelings? A little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's, people have called me that. I've been called a boring old man since I was 18 years old, so mm -mm. <laughs> no, no offense taken. I wear that as a badge of honor, my friend. Oh, yeah. All right. Game we both got wrong, but that wasn't the Northwest game, was Southern UCO beating Southern 30-27. You thought Southern was just going to walk all over him. You had a three-touchdown win for Southern. That didn't happen. Southern, what the heck? Oh, we did get Pitt right. That was a pretty easy game, 42-7 to over Northeastern State. Nebraska Kearney ended up having a pretty close game with Washburn, 27-21, but we got that game. Uh, we both picked that one correctly. Hayes over Lincoln, that was a no-brainer, except Hayes won 71-3, by the way. that's That might be the most points, I think. I was going to say in the MIAA, but Lincoln technically isn't in the MIAA anymore. But uh, And then, of course... The mules over the Bearcats, and we lost by three. They're like the best team. But you were four and two. I was three and three. I've had two six and zero oh weeks this season. Week one and week four, I followed them up <laughs> with three and three weeks. Have in I the had pick any six so, and zero? Oh? Uh, you were five and one last week. I don't think so. Um. You have not, but crap! You pulled within a game. Now I'm 22 and eight. You're 21 and nine. So we're kind of neck and neck on this thing. I've not done particularly well in the pick'em, and I still don't feel like I have a good sense of oh, I where the wait. teams are. This is my year. My first year, you absolutely destroyed me on the pick'em. My second year, I was closer, but I didn't quite get in front of you. Mm -hmm. But this time I'm going to start my streak of beating you. You're gonna do you. You may estimates. do it. I am not real confident in my ability to pick games halfway through the I'm season. I'm not confident here. in you either. Okay. I don't expect much from you. <laughs> you, you rascal, you! All right, <clears throat> are you ready to do this week's pick 'em? Quit, yes. quit looking at my sheet over here. I'm you not. purposefully don't want to see what the scores are. And so I don't tell I'm you. No, I'm looking at Bobby Bearcat. <laughs> you are now, but you weren't. No, I was the whole time. You're just blind. A really Bobby weird Bearcat looking man. stuffed Bobby Bearcat. I love it. And it has the old paw on the t shirt, which I'm very um, you know, partial to, but 
The eyebrows are the only weird thing in my opinion. <laughs> he has very bushy old man eyebrows. And he has very a very strange beard that goes on his ears. His yeah, his his ear hair is connected to his beard somehow. It's very uh very interesting. I have I don't even know and he has I don't no remember pants. where I got it even. He has no pants too. <laughs> He's Winnie Pooh in it over the here over here. Yeah, he kinda does look like Winnie Pooh. <laughs> You know, it's probably not great to talk about things that we see. Yeah, because on a they can't. <sighs> yeah, we'll have to go. And I have a face for radio, so we're not uh, we're not doing video. We're not putting this thing. So on, you don't have a face on YouTube. It's it was made for radio. Be quiet, metaphor. <laughs> okay, Nebraska Carney at Central Missouri. Mules are looking good. Lopers have struggled. They did win, but against a struggling Washburn team. Central. I mean, Central's the clear favorite here at home. And they're going to destroy Nebraska Kearney. What's your score then? I want to say it's a blowout, but I don't think it'll be a blowout completely. 14 is the losing score to 34. Uh, a 20-point win, I think that's pretty close to a blowout. I have a complete blowout, 55-21. That's what I have. Jeez, Dad, calm down. I'm, I'm going to be right, of course. I don't think they've the scored that score. yet, but maybe that's just uh, maybe that's just last week talking. Uh, you roll up almost 600 yards of total offense against the Bearcats. That's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm impressed by that. Hayes is at Missouri Southern. Southern, of course, losing to UCO last week, taking a little Southern. bit of the shine off that Southern. nice win. Hayes, Stomp Lincoln. Okay, you're going to go Southern. Southern. What's your score? Southern. 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 Sorry. I like singing. <laughs> and everybody else likes my singing, too. Uh, 28 to 7. Well, that's what you went with last week. And I did? Mm hmm. Like for Southern. And they lost. Oh, yeah. I think Southern wins a tight game. Hayes' defense yeah. is going to keep them in the game. 31-28. Southern win over Hayes. Oh, so we're agreeing so far. And, and we may agree on most of these. This is going to be interesting. If Northeastern State at Lincoln. Eli's game of the year. Yes. This is the game I needed. Some people are picking Lincoln in the pick this week. Lincoln, this is your time. Come on, Lincoln. Go, they le Lincoln. You've gone from publicly bashing them to now you're rooting for the Blue Screw Tigers. Screw you, Lincoln, but I love you. Go, <laughs> Lincoln. It's their last game that they have a chance at. The rest of the games, this is their last game in the MIAA they have a chance at. Their players, if they don't do something, that they're going to scream and they're all going to go crying when they run home. They're going to go, that was our one chance. You're going Northeastern, aren't you? I am. Oh, screw you! Go Lincoln! <laughs> Lincoln's better than every team in the MIAA, other than uh, the Bearcats. Yeah. Very they're, close. They're second. pretty good. What's your score, then? They're the best. Oh, blowout! <laughs> Probably very, very low scoring. Like 17 to 14. I thought you were going to say like seven to three. That would have been amazing. <laughs> well, Northeastern State, although they 
did score seven points last week. They have been shut out three of their five games, but I believe, I just think the River Hawks probably have more talent than Lincoln. 27-24. It's a close you game. You are wrong. This is my time to tie you Walk up. Walk-off field goal in Jeff City no, this for the River mine. Hawks. No, this is my time to finally get ahead of you. Thank you. Lincoln, please. I never thought I would ever see the day where you pick Lincoln on this podcast. It's great. Yep, Love you want to know what? Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk trash on Northeastern next week uh, if they uh, lose. And I will talk beautifully, and I'll never say anything mean about Lincoln ever again. I think. Other than the MIAA. And after they leave, I'll just start being mean to them I again. should buy you a Lincoln shirt or Lincoln hat after this. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> okay. Game of the week, probably. Um, I think, I don't know. Hazen Southern's a good game. Really, these next three games are probably going to be good games. Emporia at Pitt State. Emporia could give them their second loss, which is going to be rough. Okay. Gorilla. You're in love with the gorillas. Got it. What's your... uh... No, I'm not in love. I wish Lincoln beat them, but (laughs) that would have been hilarious. What's your score then? Go Lincoln. Anyway. uh, 42-17. Wow. I just think that Pitt is going to go... We hate you, Emporia, and we're going to keep our win streak going. Have they lost a game? No, they no, haven't. they haven't. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to stomp on Emporia. Emporia is going to cry. They're going to be lucky that one of their few wins was to us. And they're going to start crying. And if they went against us now, if we played like them, if we played against them how we played against the Mules, we would have destroyed them. They would have started crying. And we also didn't have an injured quarterback that game. Well, actually, technically we did. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> that was a lot for me to try to process. Okay, I'm going pit, but I think it's a much closer game. Um, 38-31, Pitt That's State. Emporia, I don't know. Can they win this game? Yes. Um, they're going to have to force turnovers. That's what their defense does best. I don't think their defense is that great. Obviously, they can force turnovers. Look at the game in Maryville, but... Um, that's going to hurt. It's going to take away their margin for error if, uh, and they've, I think, still got to play central and it, it doesn't laugh. get any easier. I'll laugh at Emporia. Ha, ha, ha. But, but they could win this game. If they do, you don't think so, but I, I do. Then I'll laugh at Pitt. Mo West at Washburn. Mo West. Mo Worst. I mean, Mo West is ranked. Mo Worst. For... Did you say that on purpose? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, now I here, check this out. We're gonna come full circle with. I said Emporia losing to Mo West last week would be the most Emporia thing ever. If Mo West goes and loses to Washburn this week, that would be the most Mo West thing ever. Well, Mo West is um, winning though. I think they win this game. I think they should win it fairly easily. They can score. That's been Washburn's problem. 32, They're just down seven. There's my guess. Wow. Not complete blowout. I think it's a couple score game. 34-24 Western is what? What did you say? 32-7? to seven? I mean, I meant 30, 34, I meant. 34-7. to seven. Do I need to roll the tape back? You just changed your score. Okay, okay. 34-14. 34-14. I was doing math wrong. 34-14. I like 32-7 to seven better. All right. 
34, 14. After I reveal my score, you change it to basically be my score. No, what? That's, that was not your 34, score. 24 was mine. That's... You oh. already have 34, 14 well, I did... for a predicted score. You seem to pick the same scores a lot. Hey, it's just common. They get a lot of similar scores all the time. And touchdown equals seven points. Field goal equals three. Those are usually the only points scored throughout a game. You, don't you think that maybe, I don't know, the scores will be similar? Thanks, John Madden. Yes, I <laughs> I John Madden. <laughs> I wish I would be. That was rich. mean. I love John Madden. You would also not be living. Oh, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sad. Yep. Did he? I poke fun, but he is one of my favorites. He is. He is one of the the reasons that I wanted to get in sports broadcasting. So anyway, all right, thirty four fourteen Mo West <laughs> Bearcats and Broncos. UCO at Northwest. What? Yeah. The Broncos. (laughs) Central Oklahoma. NFL team versus college. No, it's got an H in there. They spell it weird. But uh, this is uh, is a tough. These four games are a really tough stretch for the Bearcats. They suck. We win. Well, I assume that we're. I mean, I think people assume we're both going to pick the Bearcats. Nope, you're not. I am, though. Sorry, you're not. No, if I picked us last week, then I'm pretty much going to pick us the rest of the way, I think is what that says. I don't know. You're going to have to wait. You people might be surprised what I think about Pitt. I don't know. Okay. What's your score, then? I think I've got to go with. Need some computer sound effects to figure while you're as you calculate, calculating. All right, all right. That's what's your score? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Twenty-one, twenty-eight. <laughs> we win by you touchdown. with the losing score first. You are, you just make me insane when you do that. Twenty-eight, twenty-four, Bearcats. I think it's a close game. I think this is a this is a tough game. Neither team wanted to be two and three. <laughs> But we are, and we're going to kiss them. I mean, kick them. Kick, not kiss. <laughs> hey. Kick. Whatever. I'm going to leave that one alone. Yep. Let's just pretend that never happened. Rewind <laughs> it. Redo the clip. Deleted. All right, Eli. Anything else you, you want to say? How do you not remember? It's Military Appreciation Week. So this week, you can't say that the Bearcats are not great. You weren't supposed to say that on the podcast, Dad. You're supposed to say the Bearcats are red, white, and green. I mean, no, 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 no. Red, white, and blue. I was going to say they're red, right, red, white, and blue, even though that's not, it's actually just red. Rich, white. right, and green. That kind of works. Rich, right, and green. That's okay. too much of a dad joke, huh? Yeah. Well, now I can't even say my saying. You know what? I'm. I'm. Do, what? You know what? Let's. We'll do that later. Anyway, let's talk about my favorite player. But before we talk about that, um, go Lincoln. Anyway, okay. Before we <laughs> go Lincoln, I'm gonna get you a Lincoln foam finger. That's what I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. Do. Yes, I want a little one though. I don't want a big one. I just want like a little one that fit my finger. <laughs> Instead of my whole hand. Okay, anyway, who who is it? Who's your favorite players? 
on both sides. I've thought a lot. And... For thinking a lot about this. Jay Oni. What, well, what, I mean, he's not my favorite defensive. Is he a senior? He is. Oh, two seniors. I chose two seniors. Why do I have to choose two seniors on both sides? This makes it harder, so I can't just say, well, I really like them this. If they play well next season, I can choose them. They're not going to be here next season. I think for offensive. I'm sorry, but Trayvon. He's your pick? Yeah. One, he had a really good episode on the podcast, and that's not the only reason. And it's that it, the small piece of that was it. So was you saying that I should add him up there. But that that was not the main reason. The main reason was his performance against Central. He, he did very well. He's also a big wrestling fan, which I'm very disappointed in myself. I didn't bring that up during our interview, but maybe. Maybe we'll get a chance to to talk about that after a game or something. We should make him sign a bottle of ketchup for us. <laughs> yes. We should take a bottle of ketchup for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we should get one signed, too. Mm-hmm. I would even spend my own money on the bottle of ketchup. I don't care. Wow. Look at that. Okay. Get signed, and then I'll like put it in my room, and then it gets all musty, crusty, and moldy. I don't care. I don't care. think you should open it. I won't open it. So if I keep it sealed, it won't get musty, crusty, and moldy, right? Probably not. I don't. I guess it depends maybe how long you're thinking about keeping this thing. I don't know. Probably like two or three years. <laughs> It'd probably be okay. I don't know. I don't know what the expiration date is on the bottle of a ketchup. <sighs> See, folks, this is the kind of hard-hitting journalism and discussions that you get on Bleeding Green. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay, so you gonna... got Trayvon Alexander. Hey, quit trying to cut to the point. Don't you want a, a long episode for the people that are traveling we're, to the game? We're over 25 minutes here, buddy. Oh, crap. Just in our section. So, I mean, this it's not the longest we've ever gone, but I am trying to... We've done like I'm trying to steer the ship anymore. here, buddy. Keep okay, us on task. Okay, 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 Oh, my. Jay Oni. I mean, I'm not choosing it. I'm, I'm, I just like whispering it is a kind Isaac. of a satisfying name to say. I said. You said you've put all this thought into it. I feel like you still don't know. No, I. I it's hard, Dad. You don't understand. You never got put under the pressure like this when you were eleven. Yeah, my 12. dad didn't have a podcast, so. Yeah. Also. Well, your dad's cooler than my dad. <laughs> ouch! And I agree with you. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> But still, ouch. Huh. All right, buddy. Come on. You got to make a decision. Okay, 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 okay. But while but while we wait, we need you to please hold uh, elevator music. <laughs> Be- <laughs> Be- Listen, you've drugged this out. Okay, okay, okay. So ridiculously far. <laughs> okay, I have it. I'll be shocked if this all gets stays in, but it probably will. Isaac Volstead. Isaac. Jay Oni. Oh, I, I really... His interception the first game. Did he have an interception last game? No. Mm-hmm. It was... Your time was due. It's okay, though. You're still my second favorite defensive player. No need to be sad. So Isaac... You don't have to be sad at all. 
Yeah. All right. Awesome. We finally, I finally got it out of you. John Dykstra, this is for you, buddy. Jayani is so close, though. <laughs> so so is KG. It's just uh, KG gets a lot more love than uh, Trayvon, I feel. That's fair. Because yeah. KG is also one of our best receivers, but so is Trayvon. Trayvon goes under the radar more. a little bit. I'll agree with that. All right. That's it. We're going to wrap this up. You gonna you gonna do the usual here, or did I spoil it earlier? You spoiled it. No, I'm joking. Uh, I'll do it. The Bearcats are not gray. <laughs> no, I'm joking. They're not green. Not 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 this time. They're not. They're they're not. They're not purple. They're not uh blue. I mean, are they? No, they're not blue. <laughs> they're uh gray, right? Are they great? I assume. I haven't seen the jerseys yet, but it's typically military military appreciation. I swear. Whatever. Uh, It's gray. They're gray. Or I guess we'll see what they're wearing on uh, on Saturday. (laughs) There he is. The soon-to-be 12-year-old Eli with the Bearcats, according to Eli. His birthday, of course, Friday. So if you see us up there Saturday, wish him a happy happy belated birthday. He'll, uh, He'll certainly appreciate that. Him being 12 also means that this year, next time, I will have two teenage boys in my house. So, uh, God help Jessica and I. That's <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Hopefully, he's happy when you see him on Friday as well. Hopefully, he's uh, bragging about a couple of his birthday presents. But we'll see. He, I will say, he is, uh, as I smack talk my other two children that aren't on the podcast, but he is uh, he's fun to give gifts to. He's You could give the kid a potato and a can of soup and some socks and he would probably be happy about it. He would at least be polite about it. So, uh, to, I don't know. To me on the podcast, I tell you what, that's kind of a different uh, a different part of his, <laughs> his personality. It's pretty fun, though. So, anyway, before I wrap things up here, I also would like to say, uh, if you would like to support this podcast, there are ways to do that. If you would like to do so monetarily to help me offset the cost associated with the podcast, you can donate on Venmo, at Bleeding Green Podcast. And I actually just paid a couple of yearly subscriptions this last week, was able to pay them both off um, through donations that I've received on Venmo. So thank you very much if you've done that. Um, again, you know, if if everyone that listens, that downloads, would donate $10 once a year, that would cover all of my costs and and uh, and maybe even have a slight uh a slight bit extra, at least of all the yearly stuff that comes up. And anything in excess goes back into the podcast. It'll it'll only be spent on the podcast. I'm keeping all of this stuff separate. So just a little peace of mind if, if you would like that, but I, I certainly appreciate that. There's other ways you can help as well if you don't feel comfortable or, or maybe you've already um, donated to the podcast. Uh, any way you can help me promote this thing would be great. I know right now we're all a little bit down and, uh, you know, maybe not as, not you know, not quite as excited as we typically are with two and three, but uh, still a lot of great content. I'm not going anywhere with this thing, as well as there's a huge catalog of episodes. We are so spoiled with so many great memories over the last 30 years. And even before, I'm working on on some uh, at one particular episode that'll be one of the first ones probably after the first of next year, after the holidays of, uh, of a, a Bearcat star from the 70s. So, you know me, I don't tell anything's recorded. I'm not promoting anything, but you know, I just, 
give you some crumbs every now and then to uh, <laughs> to get excited about. And there's lots of different ways to promote. Follow me on Twitter, underscore bleeding, underscore green. Like and join the Facebook group, Bleeding Green Podcast. Share any of that stuff, whether you retweet it or share it or, or like it. Um, any of that stuff cer- is certainly greatly appreciated. If you would like to submit questions for Eli or, my, or myself for next week's podcast, tweet them or, or, or put them on the Facebook page. I'll try to put a message out this week. I think I've said that the last couple of weeks and it hasn't happened. The things have been a little bit crazy, but I'll uh, I'll do better to try to put uh, put something like that out there. And uh, who knows, maybe someday there will be enough questions for a kind of Q&A. Uh, episode or submit your own pick six questions. That might be kind of a fun thing as well. Speaking of next week, Rhett Jordan will be on uh, senior defensive back number 23, who, uh, well, depending on how all those injuries shake out, we might see a lot of him on Saturday. So uh, at uh, anyway, he's next week's player interview. So exciting stuff as far as that goes. Uh, don't forget about the website. Go check it out every once in a while, bleedinggreenpodcast.com. And one other thing, too, is is support the players. And if you want to be, you know, I know a lot of people are critical of coaching staff, whatever. I get that. Just remember, they're human beings with families. All of these guys are people, right? So, um, you know, I always say kindness makes a difference. It does. Just just treat people like human beings. That's all I ask. doesn't mean you can't have opinions, doesn't mean you can't be critical of people. Um, j- just you just treat people like humans instead of a, a faceless number from uh, you know f- underneath a face mask or a visor or or uh, a red hat or whatever it is. Um, just remember again, they're human beings. Be kind. Kindness does indeed make a difference. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bleeding Green. I'm your host Matt Daniel. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, and no matter what, go Bearcats. Bearcats.